quantum physics confirms that everything is matter. One of the most bizarre premises of quantum theory, which has long fascinated philosophers and physicists alike, states that by the very art of watching, the observer affects the observed reality. Huh. The very act of watching. Well, what is quantum physics? It's the description of the smallest things in the universe, the subatomic realm. And yes, this is a realm that you can encounter with the Lord. You know, there is a paradox here. The paradox is only a conflict between reality and your feeling of what reality ought to be. Isn't that an awesome quote? Richard Feynman, yes. The paradox is only a conflict between reality and your feeling of what reality ought to be. Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWombach.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. Answer me this. How does a Baptist farm girl from Oregon stumble upon the mystical nature of Christ, the love of God? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guest on a mystical journey. But before we talk about the spiritual woo-woo, you need to know I am totally sold out to Jesus. It's amazing what the love of God reveals. Another week has gone by and here we are and I have been busy sitting at my desk here in the office here in Corvallis, Oregon, part of the Pacific Northwest um, spring afternoon thinking about my whole week and Jesus, what shall we talk about today? Well, I left you with a promise last week. Wasn't that fun? A first anniversary episode for Intentional Now podcast. Hoot hoot, I am actually quite proud of myself. So today we're picking up our conversation, remember, from the intersection of grace And we're looking from the corner into the corner and traveling in and through the door of trust. Please listen to episodes 56 through 59. And remember, I'm sitting with Jesus in the spirit, right? And don't you just love pink? (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I just had to throw that in there. Make you laugh. Okay. And as promised, Last week, Jesus said, hmm, Kristen, let's take a look at Jacob and Laban's sheep. So we're going to do that today. Thank you for joining me. Welcome, welcome. And hello to my international listeners. Isn't that fun? I look almost every day at my stats and to see where everybody is listening all around the world. It is so much fun. Thank you so much for spending this valuable time with me today. Today's takeaways, observe strength. Trust, you look like a pink cafe. Again, see episodes 56 through 59. 
the observer. I can say that. The observer. I'm going to practice it one more time. You know, I always practice in front of you, right? It's just real. <laughs> the observer affects the observed reality. The observer affects the observed reality. Faith is really just governing the really small stuff. Jacob and Laban's sheep. Let's talk practical and spiritual. And how do I apply this to my life? <laughs> and this is Discovery Series number 15. Okay, so let's just ground ourselves and readjust ourselves back to that intersection of grace, moving in and out of trust. Remember, trust is the glue of life. It is the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundation principle that holds all relationships. Can you imagine that? Holding all relationships. <laughs> That's a great quote that we're just continuing to bring it forward from Stephen Covey. Uh-huh. It's really wonderful. Yeah. So I am going to share the story of Jacob and Laban's sheep. We're going to unpack that because Jesus asked me to go have a look at it. And I'm looking at it from a spiritual perspective mm -hmm. and inviting him to unpack it in my life. What does that mean? Spiritual and practical. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm all ears. So let me share um, some of my inquiries with you from this week, okay? So in Genesis 30, 25 through 43, okay? So Jacob is prospering. Now, after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can return to my homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you, that I may go on my way. You know how hard I have worked for you. But Laban replied, If I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. And he added, Just name your wages and I will pay them. Well, then Jacob answered, you know how I have served you and how your livestock have thrived under my care. Indeed, you had very little before my arrival, but now your wealth has increased many times over. The Lord has blessed you wherever you set your foot. But now, when may I also provide for my own household? What can I give you, said Laban? You do not need to give me anything, Jacob replied. If you do this one thing for me, I will keep on shepherding and keeping your flocks. Let me go through all of your flocks today and remove from them every speckled, every spotted sheep, every dark colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. These will be my wages. So my honesty will be testify for me when you come to check on my wages in the future. If I have any goats that are speckled or spotted or any lambs that are not dark colored, 
they will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That very day, Laban removed all the streaked and spotted male goats and every speckled and spotted female goat, every one that had any white on it at all, and every dark-colored lamb, and he placed them under the care of his sons. Then he put them three days' journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob was shepherding the rest of Laban's flocks. So Jacob, however, he took fresh branches of poplar, almond, plane trees, and he peeled the bark, exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he set the peeled branches in the water troughs in front of the flocks coming in to drink. So when the flocks were in the heat and came to drink, they mated in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked and speckled or spotted. Well, Jacob set apart the young, but many, and then he made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored sheep in Laban's flocks. Then he set his own stock apart, but he did not put them with Laban's animals. So whenever the stronger females of the flock were in heat, Jacob placed the branches in the trough in full view of the animals so that they would breed in front of the branches. But if the animals were weak, he did not set out the branches. So the weaker animals went to Laban and the stronger ones went to Jacob. Thus, Jacob became exceedingly prosperous. He owned large flocks, maid servants, men servants, camels, donkeys. Mm-hmm. Yep, he sure did. Now let let's run ahead here to Genesis 31, 1 through 13. I absolutely love this story and have meditated on it for years. Years. <laughs> now Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken away all that belonged to our father and built all this wealth all at our father's expense. So obviously Jacob did well. He put the sheep in front of the speckled spot and striped cut out branches. They produce speckled spot um, sheep and goats. And now he has moved on and they have worked out. Well, he's moved on because his responsibility had been fulfilled. So right here in Genesis 31, they're talking about what has gone on after Jacob has left. Okay, And Jacob saw from the countenance of Laban that his attitude towards him had changed. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your forefathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent word and called Rachel and Leah to the field where his flocks were, and he told them, I can see from your father's countenance that his attitude towards me has changed. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. And although he has cheated me and changed my wages ten times, God has not allowed him to harm me. If he said the speckled will be your wages, then the whole flock bore the speckled offspring. If he said that the streak will be your wages, then the whole flock would bore 
streaked offspring. Thus God had taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. When the flocks were breeding, I saw in a dream that the streaked, spotted, and speckled males were mating with the females. Well, in that dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob. And I replied, Here I am. Look up, he said, and see that all the males are mating with the flock, are streaked and spotted and speckled. For I have seen that Laban has done what he has done to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and made a solemn vow to me. Now get up and leave this land at once and return to your native land. <sighs> yes, I love the story. <laughs> okay, so how about some points that we can easily take away from the story of Jacob and Laban's sheep? So God did give Jacob a dream, right? So I'm going to ask you, has God given you a dream? <laughs> Jacob's favor, it increased Laban, didn't it? And this is the principle of stewardship. Jacob was an excellent shepherd. Mm -hmm. So justice and honor from the original promise. So God had made a promise to him, right? Because God knows the plans he has for us, right? And we need to know the plans he has for us as well. And what are his plans? For your hope, future, and plans to prosper you. Exactly. And Jacob, his face stretched out over 14 years, over two brides, and not necessarily in the order of choice, right? Between Leah and Rachel. God, the observed reality within Jacob's dream. God shared what the outcome was going to be. No to self. God shared what the outcome was going to be. Jacob, the observer, affects the promised reality. So he partnered with the outcome that God had already shared with him. And he partnered with God towards the outcome of the dream. And he used his strong assets. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we naturally and easily would pick that up from the story. So, you know me, I like to ask really good questions. So, why? <laughs> Jesus, why have you pointed my eyes and my attention to this passage and its principles of increase in this season? Why? What what are we gleaning from you at this time? So, we are traveling from Genesis 49:10 all the way to Luke 133. And he's telling us, what well, God is telling us here, Jesus is telling me face-to-face -face inside of Peggy Portion's Pink Cafe, and yes, <laughs> he is telling me, telling you about his history. And what else does that tell us? He is telling us about our history. Mm -hmm. And why is that important? We are Abraham's seed. Just as Abraham believed God and his faith was counted as righteousness, 
Genesis 15, 6, so are all today who believe in God's Son. We are justified apart from the law. In this way, Abraham is the father of all who believe. Romans 4, 11 through 17. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3, 29. <laughs> we are Abraham's seed. That is why Jesus is highlighting this to remind me, to remind you, we are Abraham's seed. In Genesis 49.10, it says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes and the allegiance of the nations is his. It's talking about Jesus Christ, right? He's reading his history. So the scepter is a sign of authority, and the rest is is Judah until Shiloh comes. So Shiloh, as a proper name, it could be the Messiah. And in Hebrew, it could mean he to whom the scepter belongs. Or a proper name, Shiloh also means the one who brings peace. And we know that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So in Luke one thirty-two, we are moving on from Genesis all the way to Luke. We are reading Jesus' history here. So the eminence of his stature will be magnificent. He will be known as the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will return to him what already belongs to him, the throne of his father David. And his reign as king over the house of Jacob and his kingdom will be without any boundaries. So what is Jesus reminding us here of? He's reminding me. He says he's still talking to the house of Jacob through you and I. Yeah, he's still talking to us. Those promises, that history still applies. So let's continue on Luke 1, 34. Mm -hmm. So Mary, Mary asked the messenger, so how is this possible? So here was this proclamation of Jesus Christ said to her, and she's going, huh? <laughs> How is this possible while I'm still a virgin? And he said to her, Holy Spirit will overwhelm you, hovering over you in the power of the Most High. Therefore, this holy begotten one will be called Son of God. I have a question for you. Is Holy Spirit still hovering over you. <laughs> now, God shares a testimony with her, with Mary. He just told her this huge thing, and he shares a testimony with her to encourage her what Holy Spirit has been hovering over. And you know what that is. Yeah, in verse 36. Oh, let me tell you the good news about your Aunt Elizabeth. She, who everyone called barren, is now already six months pregnant with a son, even in her old age. God shares Elizabeth's impossibilities to Mary. Do you know anyone who has had the same impossibilities as you? <laughs> 
In verse 37, the Gabriel, the angel, quotes from Genesis 18, 14, from the Septuagint. Yes, and I had to practice that word and spell it out phonically while I'm here with you. Septuagint. <laughs> so every word of God is equal to God's power and purpose to perform the word. That's the mere translation. You know I love the mere. Every word of God is equal to God's power and purpose to perform that word. Now we know why we're reading about our history in him. The word is living. What Jesus is saying to us in this season and for me in the communion in this goofy pink cafe, which I've shared with you, it's a real place. Highlighted in episode 60. Yeah, if you haven't heard that one, A Heart That Sees. It's about being transported in the spirit. Yep, I share with you that. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, we can't really think of this stuff. no. That's because God is amazing. He is way ahead of us. He is so amazing. He's so far out in front of me. Amen. And he wants us to live in a place of awe and wonder. And heaven so easily provides that place of awe and wonder. So those real places in our spiritual life with the Lord He wants our encounters with him to speak directly to the promise that lives in our heart. We all have them. We all have those promises that he's spoken over our life. Let me remind you of Colossians 1.22. He initiated the reconciliation of all things to himself. Through the blood of the cross, God restored the original harmony. His reign of peace now extends to every visible thing upon the earth, as well as those invisible things which are in the heavenly realm. And not only that, but all the broken, dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms— get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death. All because of his death. I have some things in my life that I want properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. What about you? (laughs) I remember last week I highlighted an Instagram post that is doing quite well. It's gaining quite a, quite a bit of views. It's still rolling. And so I put that link down below here so that you can go see that Instagram reel. And I use that same scripture. Mm-hmm. It speaks so loud and clear about the goodness of our God and about our reigning Messiah seated in heavenly places. So let's go back to Luke here for a minute and 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 see more of what Jesus is talking about, you know. Okay, I want you to go visit that story from history about Jacob and Laban. 
So this is what Mary remembered. She remembered that Elizabeth laughed. And in Genesis 18, 13, and the Lord asked Abraham, um, why did Sarah laugh and say, can I really bear a child when I'm old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you in about a year, and Sarah will have a son. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Every word of God is equal to God's power and purpose to perform that word. Mary remembered. The observer affects the observed reality. Let me say that again. The observer affects the observed reality. So think about that. Let's, let me put it from this perspective. So God's observation is from the inside of us, correct? And he observes the observed reality. He looks directly at the promises that he has planned for us. And that affects it and changes it. It changes us. It changes the atmosphere, changes us and locates us on that path of outworking and fulfilling our destiny. So, how do I make it practical? Mm -hmm. How do I find strength and observe strength? from what Jesus has shared with me. Hmm. Well, I put my strongest resources in front of his strongest resources, like Jacob and his strongest sheep. Mm -hmm. The observer, that could be me, that could be you, affects what we observe, the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So let's remind ourselves. The Old Testament says, he is coming. The Gospels say, He is most certainly here. The book of Acts says, He has come. The epistles say, He is Lord. And Revelation says, Come up here. Ascend the heavens and know him as King of the kingdom of heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And we are right next to him. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. And I, when I'm writing this out, I can hear your questions. <laughs> so I hear you. And you said this, Kristen, what is your strongest resource? Okay, good question. I knew you were going to ask me, right? <laughs> so it's both practical and natural. It's very much like Jacob in the livestock. And it's also spiritual because remember, we are Abraham's seed and he is still speaking to the house of Jacob. And that is you and me. Okay. So my practical part as an entrepreneur. So I'm a communicator. I communicate, right? So this podcast is a way that I communicate. 
I write a book. I have another one. Just just getting there. Almost there, right? And resources, things that I create with my hands that tell the story of Jesus Christ in me. I get them all from Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. My coaching for life or a journaling for, for life in my Evernote templates. Mm-hmm. All right. You're going to say, oh, okay. Can we go deeper? Yes, we can. So let's take that to another level of practicality. Yeah, because the spiritual needs to always speak to the practical, right? So this week, I've been meditating on this particular history in my life of Jacob and Laban's sheep and imagining myself, putting myself in the spirit and watching what's going on in the story that's been told us. So for two days this week, I did nothing except for working on my SEOs, that's the search engine, keywords, and all that stuff, for my best-selling resources. And then I went and I cleaned up my Pinterest account and made it more focusable. And that's what Jesus told me to do. He goes, the things that are already strong, I want you to go make them stronger. Very practical, isn't it? Okay, so I'm being purposed with them before his promises. Like Jacob's strongest ewes, the ones when the breeding season was there, he put the cut and peeled tree branches before them. Not He didn't put them in front of the week. It clearly says that he did not put those branches there when the week came to drink. He put the branches there when the strong were there and they produced. The observed reality before the observer got in us. The observed reality, that's our promise, what Jesus has spoken to us. Before the observer, God He's in us. He's got an observation from the perspective of living in us as Christ. In us, the hope of glory. All right, let's be spiritual about this now, right? So what's a spiritual perspective that I have in this? Well, the people in whom I'm in relationship with, right? Obviously, I'm in relationship with my family and my husband. My listeners, yes, we have a measure of relationship. And last week, I did invite you to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Intentional Now podcast. I invited you to be a subscriber. And what is that? That's inviting you to become into a deeper relationship. That is spiritual as well as natural. Mm -hmm. And I have another testimony here. I just heard from one of my coaching students today. We were talking about the different ways that God manifests resources. Yep, we were totally talking outside of the box, right? All those times and all those ways, and you're just filled with awe and wonder. It's kind of like, how is God going to do this, right? And I shared with her, because I always look, when I have an encounter with God, And I know it's something that will come to pass. And it's something that I'm leaning into working with him towards. I always then go 
and find a testimony that confirms it. And even if it's outside the box, you can find a testimony. Uh Uh-huh, you can. So unique manifestations that I've encountered, I did. I looked for testimonies to encourage me, just like Mary. What did God do? God gave her a testimony of something that was impossible. Even scripture talks about that it was impossible for Sarah to have a child. That's why she left. But God took that impossibility and he said, here you go, Mary, while he was telling her his promise in her life. So I shared a book with my friend. Mm -hmm. She's one of my coaching students. The book is Mysteries, Marvels, and Miracles by Joan Carol Cruz. And yep, I'm leaving you the link. It's absolutely marvelous. Yes, you will love it. Well, she had a financial miracle deposited in her checking account today. Uh Uh-huh, today. So lives are changed because we talk about the awe and the wonder of God. Like the unfinished book and page 173, when I told you last week, I shared with you about traveling in the spirit. So the unfinished book is an observed reality. Yeah, I saw it in the spirit. I observed it. That created an effect which created a change. And it is now here. And I'm doing that again with another manuscript. Mm -hmm. Something that God has shown me. And now I'm working into and listening to him along the path. Because my observed reality brought about a testimony in my life and my observed reality of searching to confirm and find a testimony just like what he had shared with me, right? I did that with her. And today I got to celebrate that victory with her. And it's both spiritual and practical. The unfinished book is practical because it relates to spiritual principles. It relates to relationship. So let's go back where we started today, okay? So quantum physics confirms that everything is matter. Everything. And one of the most bizarre premises of quantum theory, which has long fascinated philosophers and physicists alike, state that by the very act of watching, the observer affects the observed reality. What are you watching? Mm -hmm. What are we watching? What are we focusing on? What has Jesus given you to focus on? I highlighted a quote last week. The Principle of Observation Causes Your Reality by David Vancouvering. (laughs) You know me, I love to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So our, our takeaways today from Laban and Jacob, we can see the story. We can see how Jacob processed 
the story, processed the dream, processed the promise, knew who God was in his life, and then set his path accordingly. Well, Jesus did the same thing. Jesus knew his history. And he set about his day accordingly and walked that path. Well, that same principle works for you and I today, knowing his history because he knows ours. He knows the plans that he has for us. We, in turn, know the plans that he has for us because we talk about those plans with him. So we can say, yes, Jesus, we know the plans that you have for us. And it's us. It's a relationship. We know the plans that you have for us. They involve hope, a future, prosperity. They do. They involve those things because that's what the plans are for. I know the plans that God has for me. (laughs) Plans for your hope and to have a future. That says so much there, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So remember where we started today. Jesus said, let's take a look at Jacob and Laban. Now I know why he's talking about that story to me because he's still speaking to the house of Jacob. I know today why he's still speaking to me because he's speaking to Abraham's seed. And that promise is vibrating in my DNA to come to pass. The observer affects the observed reality. Observe strength. Observe strength. Now, to me, that's a really good thing that Jesus is teaching me. I turn around and share it. He's teaching you. Observe strength and ask really good questions. Boy, that was fire-packed and quick today. Got her done. Hmm. I've learned so much this week. Okay. I think we have time for a question. All right. Give me a minute here. I think we have time for a question. Alrighty. I'm thinking on it. I didn't pre-write it. Nope. I didn't pre-write the questions. Okay, I am going to camp on that, the word. Um, the word from Jeremiah 29, 11, we hold, all of us hold that so dearly. It's a wonderful scripture. When God says he has a hope and a future to prosper you, right? Well, if you say future, isn't that the same thing that Jesus Christ says? He's, he's promised us a future, And that future is a future where all those parts and pieces get fit together of the universe, the people, and and atoms and plants and animals. Well, that future also includes that we walk free from death and free from decay. Mm -hmm. So when you see that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11... And you converse about your future. 
Look at that future in the eyes and the ministry that Jesus Christ provided for us from his resurrection, where we are dead in Christ and alive in him. And tell me if the word future does not change for you. Woohoo! <laughs> okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being present here with us today and speaking to us and showing us how to observe strength. Thank you for that key. If this episode blessed you today, why you'd really do me a favor if you would leave a five-star re- review. That just blesses me. You have no idea how much that blesses me. And make sure that you follow it if you like it. That is just all that social media traffic that helps what the Lord is doing between you and I and helps others to see that, oh, well, okay, well, I think I will watch this or listen to this. Just it just your word along with mine just really helps move along the goodness that God has placed in my life, right? So, and then I invite you to please come find me on social media. Yep. And when you as a inter, international, okay, intentional now podcast listener, and you want to highlight that, hey, Kristen, I'm a listener. Would you please remember to do the hashtag intentional now podcast? And then I'll go, woohoo, it's a listener. <laughs> it is so much fun. Okay, so I've saved you all the good links and the goodies below. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them in the remarks. You can come find them and tell me on my website. So many places. So as we're starting our weekend, I bless you. I bless you to continue to observe strength. Observe the strength that Jesus is telling you the story about himself, himself in you, you in himself. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And I will talk to you again next week. Okay? Bye now.